Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, steady, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures. Because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Kat. And I'm Christine. And today on the podcast, we are tackling the question of how much debt is too much debt? Subtitle, welcome to the debt life. We love it here. Okay, I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) But I'm also not. Sometimes we do love it and sometimes we don't. It really depends on what debt we're talking about and when you asked us. Now, as most of us would know, not all debt is created equal. There are bad debts. There are things like personal loans, car finance, payday loans, and credit cards that we would typically lump into the bad debt bucket. But then there is also debt that helps us achieve our goals. And these might be things like mortgages to buy a property or a business loan. So, Christine. Yes, Kat? Do you have a feeling about how much debt is too much debt? And I guess starting question, do you have any debt right now? Okay, so I have what I would consider good debt. So I just have a student loan of 9000 It was once 25000 or mm-hmm. roughly about that. That is all I have right now. But I have had quote unquote bad debt, which was credit card debt. Two years ago, I just came back from traveling and spent all my savings traveling and you know, I loved that, but got back and was living beyond my means, didn't know how to budget, all that kind of stuff. And I'd never have a, had a credit card in my life purely because I've always kind of had this narrative that it's not a good debt to have, or just not a good thing to rely on yeah. that type of debt. But I was desperate. I needed money. You know, it's really easy to get a credit card, which yes. is scary. It is um, scary. Yeah. And then I got into about $3,000 um, worth of debt and that was basically just to pay my rent and all that kind of stuff. So I have been there before. But following on from that, I would say that my perspective on debt and how much is too much, I think I have your classic kind of Kiwi mentality that debt is bad and that you need to, you know, only have one house and then pay it all off. And Yeah, I feel like I was just going to say this is such a classic Kiwi thing. Yeah. I don't know what it is about New Zealanders. I cannot figure it out. But I just feel that since I've moved to New Zealand, everyone is so fixated and also to their credit, very good at paying off their mortgages. Mm. And it's something that mm. is, you know, particularly relevant to like home ownership, but also just debt in general. It's just this real thing of like got to pay down the debt and need to be mortgage free yeah this question for me personally came about because uh in 2020 i was interviewed on the happy saver podcast which i'm sure most of our listeners have heard of before and is awesome we love what ruth does and she got me at a time that honestly could just be described as like the 2020 financial car crash of <laughs> it was just oh this is a good story <laughs> it was a horror story of like just a, well in my books anyway um you guys can go and listen to that episode we'll link to it in the show notes on the website but knowing Ruth's background and the fact that you know her one of her major financial successes is her and her husband paying off their home loan and being debt free and giving them that flexibility and then if you're not on that journey and if you do have debt sometimes it really throws people so I know when I was speaking to Ruth she distinctly says in her episode about us 
uh, that I think her words were, it terrified her how much a 30-year-old <laughs> and a 36-year-old had in debt. Um, and at the time, I was like, sleeping like a baby. So <laughs> I think I actually remember listening to that episode and being like, yeah, Ruth, it terrifies me too. And I know the woman. <laughs> oh, exactly. We wanted to A, share a little bit around where is it that I get my comfort levels from debt from? What are some of the parameters around what is definitely bad debt and when is it too much bad debt? But then when it comes to good debt, so the kind of leverage that we're talking about that gets you into asset like your home or the roof over your head, when is it okay and should you be like comfortable with that amount of money? So interestingly, I found when researching for this episode is just under 74% of all lending on issue in New Zealand is to people buying their home. Makes sense for Kiwis. For sure. Yeah. And those people naturally want to be mortgage-free. They want to own their own home. They want to feel unencumbered. And so they want to pay that down. Another really cool stat I did find that I thought was super testament to everyone getting their shit together in 2020 <laughs> was that credit <laughs> card me. Yeah, credit card debt had fallen by 12% year on year to November 2020. So that is pretty impressive. That is an example of a bad debt being a credit card. And I think something that probably a lot of people had time to reflect on in the last year. I know for us personally, going into 2020, we had just come out of the year that I call the most expensive year of my life because we got <laughs> married and we had a honeymoon and we did a whole heap of other stuff and started renovations on our house. So it was like all the things cash flow in, cash flow out <laughs> all the time. And we did come into 2020 with some credit card debt that let's just be honest, we had from our honeymoon. And then 2020 hit and a whole heap of stuff happened. We dropped down to one income and pretty quickly our entire focus shifted to paying off all of that credit card debt, which we did within about 12 weeks, which I was super proud of us for doing. I was never really stressed about a home loan though. So different mindset for different things, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm really curious to hear more about that. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things have changed. And one thing that really fascinates me about this is I'm sure lots of people listening have seen there has been, I think in the last two years in particular, just a really big rise in what I would deem like the financial Instagrammer. You know, those people that like- <laughs> Is that us? <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe, but those people that share, I guess, kind of their like budgeting journey or their oh, journey yeah. to say fire, or like which is financial independence, retire early for those aren't aware, um, or how they're basically going on like the barefoot investor journey and that sort of thing. And I find these interesting because oftentimes you see the headline snapshot, but you don't understand what has gone on behind the scenes. So one yeah. that I found interesting was someone that basically was celebrating becoming debt-free, which is a huge milestone. And they had posted the difference between the level of debt that they had in the prior year and then the level of debt that they had now, which was zero. They had no mortgages, but they didn't really share how they had gotten there. And then I kind of, you know, stalk a cat, trolled through the comments <laughs> because I really wanted to know, naturally very curious. And it had transpired that actually they had sold an investment property. So when they sold that investment property, they paid off their investment loan, but then they also had some proceeds from the property that basically gave them a huge leg up to also pay off their home loan. And then they had a small amount that they actually paid off from cash flow. So a really similar thing happened for Luke and I, where if you take a snapshot in time of when I spoke to Ruth about our levels of debt, we had at a headline figure $1.65 million worth of total loans. <gasps> 
anxiety attack. Yeah, I was a little bit. Oh, I am still so chill about this. I'm like, come at me. No, I'm all good. But I think it, it is worthwhile highlighting because it's obviously, well, a couple of things. For people that are trying to buy a house, whether it be their first home or, you know, their second step onto the property ladder being the second home that they live in, if you're doing that in city areas, it is highly unlikely that you're going to have a mortgage much less than sort of yeah, 600000 to a million dollars. That is almost a reality for most mm-hmm. people these days. So yep. there was that. The other thing with this headline debt, right, is it looks like a really scary number up front. But if you dig down a little bit deeper under the hood – only a very small portion of that was credit cards. I think at that time we had maybe sort of five, no, like $3,000 of personal debt, which we were paying off. It was on an interest-free credit card. So we we're paying that off. An interest-free credit card? Yeah, like a, a balance transfer credit card. Oh, balance transfer. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. I, I had We had balance transferred it oh, and yeah. had a, basically a payment plan so that we were paying it off within the 12-month period. I was thinking interest-free credit card. What is this magic no money? Where can yeah. I find it? Or <laughs> like... What about a 12% interest rate or 20 yeah, or sorry. whatever the going rate is now? <laughs> no, definitely a balance transfer credit card. <laughs> but then also underlying that level of debt was two properties that we owned and a one-third share in another property. Plus, we had three sources of rental income from those properties combined. So for us, knowing all of the spreadsheets that I run and the help that we've had from our financial advisor, I felt super comfortable with this level of debt because I knew we could afford it. We had factored it in. It was mostly attached to income producing assets being rental properties. um, And we felt really good about it. Then a lot of things changed, (laughs) which you can hear about in Ruth's podcast. Um, But basically, in short, we dropped down to one income. And I guess this is important to mention because whilst you can have a higher level of, say, debt, the actual rates of defaults in New Zealand on mortgages is really, really low because you will move heaven and earth to make sure that you can pay your mortgage if you are in that sort of position. And that is exactly what we did. So we were already in the process of thinking about selling one of the properties. So as soon as we felt that we were going to drop to one income, we did sell one of the properties um, and we paid off a decent chunk of that loan naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, we literally cut out every single dollar of our fund money <laughs> for probably about nine months and, you know, lived on a super strict budget. But we were never in any danger of defaulting on our mortgage or needing to go on a mortgage holiday or anything like that. So, um, you know, people, humans are resilient and super resourceful mm-hmm. and you will make things happen. So I and think as an interesting comparison to where we are now. So I took a little snapshot this morning and at the moment we have total debt of just under $1.2 million, which will soon reduce to roughly $900,000 because we're in the process of selling the property that we own a one third share in. So our debt will obviously be half of what it was this time a year ago, but also our salaries have declined or reduced over that period of time as well. So even though the headline figure is a lot less, proportionately, they're about the same. One of the things that I was really interested in is people have this fascination of paying down their home loan, but how do you know whether this is a good level of debt? Like how how would I know, right? Uh, Other than the fact that I run a pretty tight budget spreadsheet, how would we know 
whether this is A, the norm, or B, even like okay by, I guess, lending standards or bank standards? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have no idea, even like if I was buying my first home, I think I would think about, well, what what is the standard kind of rate to buy a home in Auckland? Yep. A medium of um, 750000 right? For as, sure. As yep. the price tag, often higher. So then whatever the debt associated that with that would is. be – Yep. you know, um, kind of, I guess, palatable. Um, and then thinking about how Kiwis tend to want to pay off their mortgage rather than buying a second investment property. Maybe that's the, the benchmark that a lot, people do, a lot of people do consider themselves against is that the debt of the one home. Yes. So maybe that's their starting point. Rather, and then so if you're taking on debt of another property or multiple, then adding that up can sound like such a huge, huge figure. Huge number, right? And that's I, how all I, of a sudden you get to $1.65 million. Oh, yeah, and exactly. People are like, what? Yeah, and I, I think it's really important to, like you said before, consider what's behind that number. So when you think about it, that was, what, two and a, two and a third properties plus yep. some personal debt. Like you can get a lot out of that. I find solace in that because – funnily enough while the idea of debt kind of terrifies me the idea of paying down my mortgage seems so silly like I don't know why I I guess because I know that my money can be working hard for me in other ways or once you have equity in a home you can leverage off that to grow further and while I'm in a stage of growth then it makes sense to do that. Having me learning how to adjust my appetite for risk yes. to consider that I need to get comfortable with a higher number is also a good thing too. For you, thinking about buying your first home, you know that there's going to be a certain level of debt that you're going to have to take on right to be able to afford the property that you want or yeah. the property that you can buy in Auckland. Mm-hmm. And so there's getting your comfort around that. But then also knowing that I think you know for Luke and I now – whilst we love the house that we live in and we don't have any plans to move, we know that this is not our family home and it's not where we're going to live forever and a day. So why would I stress so much about paying my entire mortgage off here knowing I'm going to inevitably have to go and get another mortgage, probably bigger than the one we have right now, to Mm -hmm. go and buy a bigger home? So I I guess, yeah, and to your point, it's like, well, in the current environment that we're in and something that is very different for our generation and, you know, the time right now versus when our parents were buying property, there are other considerations when it comes to putting your money to work and looking at the return or the effective return between various investments versus paying off debt. Yeah, right. Should we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, what do I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yes, as we said at the start, there's obviously good debt and bad debt. So bad debts are the types of debts that typically have much higher interest rates. So, you know, personal loans, car loans and credit cards, you're all paying somewhere between 12 and probably excess of 20% per annum on those sorts of debts. If you took the money that you were otherwise paying off those debts and tried to put it elsewhere – don't really know where you're going to go and get like a guaranteed 30% return, right? So there's no point in going and doing that because your effective rate of return is the saving that you're making on paying down that debt so that you don't pay interest. Does that make sense? Yeah. So essentially the money that you're going to make by investing in, I don't know, let's say shares or or whatever to counteract the interest rate on your credit card of 20% is is not going to match. Yep. Correct. So when you're thinking about how does like paying off debt fit into the overall plan, obviously pay off your minimums, always pay off your minimums off everything, pay off, you know, then your highest rate debt 
do the whole waterfall approach. Have you heard of the waterfall approach before? Not really. So it's the whole idea that you target the debt that has the highest interest rate first and then you kind of waterfall down. So you transition down into debts that have lower interest rates. So if you had, say, a car loan or let's say no credit card that's probably at 24%, you pay that off first. Then if you had a car loan that might be sitting at 12%, you pay that off. And then let's say you also have a home loan that's sitting at 2.5%. This is when you start to get really interesting because you're like, well, actually – I could go and do something else with that money, invest that money, and chances are get a better return than 2.5%. Then it's the question of how important is it for me as an individual to genuinely be debt-free? And this is me saying not very. I'm actually quite comfortable with having some debt. I feel okay about it versus do I want to be growing my wealth outside of just investing in my home? Mm. Yeah, definitely. And there are pros and cons to that, right? Of course. Yep. Not paying off your mortgage and investing elsewhere means that maybe if you ran into trouble and you couldn't sell your house or For sure. whatever, then that is a huge loan to have. There's cons There's to that. There's risks associated with that. For exactly. sure. Yep. Exactly. So we're not saying that don't pay off your mortgage if that's not right for you. Be aware that there are other options and maybe logical ways to go about approaching debt, right? Yep. being realistic that not all debt is the same and you know sometimes I guess this comes back to what the way that we're brought up or what we're taught when we're very young and you know it's debt is bad and credit cards (laughs) are this and that and it's like actually all debts are very different they're Mm. not all the same so understanding which are working for you which aren't working for you and even which just you know, your peace of mind also, I think, really factors into it. So whilst I might be really comfortable to sit here and say, I am totally happy with our level of debt and I'm not stressed about paying off our mortgage, for someone else, if they can't sleep at night because of that, then no amount of, you know, me talking is going to help with that. And it's really having an understanding of what is important to you and I guess your comfort level with risk and debt. Yeah, definitely. And going back to the waterfall, like yes. you said, so student loans, would they sit at the very bottom? Because if you're a Great Kiwi. Great question. Yeah, this is a really interesting one because it's 0% if you're in New Zealand and it's getting paid off if you're working anyway. So, yeah, yeah for me, if I had a New Zealand like, student loan, absolutely. I'd be like 0%. I could, you could go and do so much more with that money <laughs> yeah. than paying that off. That does need to be factored into your future, particularly if you're pre-first home purchase because banks will consider student loans when they're talking about like shading your income around serviceability for Mm. mortgages. So there's that to factor in. But I think you had another great suggestion on this, Christine. Yes, yeah. yeah. So interestingly, I had this conversation with Ollie and he was really smart about the way that he approached it. And I mean, kudos to him in that he had quite a, a large student loan, a lot bigger than mine and he worked hard to save up that money to have it sitting there available so that if he needed to pay it off he had that money saved up and now has realized that it's actually better to put it to work to invest it rather than having it in savings account given the environment that we're in so yeah I mean it's everyone has a different approach but I found it really admirable you are still saving towards having enough money to pay that loan off in full if that's what you ever needed to do but whilst interest rates are really low make the most of it and put that money to work elsewhere if you can and you're comfortable doing that so I think this is a great approach even for you know thinking about people already use um, facilities like offsets to hold their emergency cash in to offset like an offset account holding a balance 
months of cash or additional savings that essentially offset that balance from your total mortgage and therefore it reduces your interest repayments. Or alternatively, as you say, you know, looking at investing the money if you're comfortable with that, um, but then still having the option that in the future, if you felt, oh, actually, I just want to get rid of this debt, you've still got another asset or group of savings there and you can whack it on in one go. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I feel like I've really bared a lot about just <laughs> debt life in general. So yeah. if anyone else is out there feeling like yeah. their debt is too much debt, I'd like to let you know that I'm never going to say the amount of debt you have is terrifying. Also, I have seen some real horror stories. So guys, if you're ever feeling too bad, please do reach out. Yeah, get in touch. Tell us all there, the stories. There are always people that are doing better and worse than you, particularly when it comes to debt. And I think this is probably one of those topics particularly in money that people have a lot of shame around. But to wrap up, if we have, I guess, just a couple of tips of a, how do you know whether your debt levels are okay? And if they don't feel okay, what you should do about it, I would just start off and saying, you probably, it's really comes down to your gut feel of whether your debt levels are okay, paying attention to how you feel right now, and then taking some small steps to work on that so that you feel better and then reassessing. Yeah, definitely. And I would add to that, Find a reference point if you can. So have a conversation with someone if it's your partner. I mean, that's a great place to start if, you, Definitely. if you're in a relationship. Um, family, friends, to talk to them about their appetite for risk and what they feel comfortable with debt-wise. And then also know that there are alternatives to debt, other things that you can invest in. So, you know, I've said before, I like to invest in shares. So there are other ways to get ahead that isn't taking on more debt and that's fine too yes so i think that's really important to highlight absolutely if you enjoyed today's episode we'd love for you to hit subscribe on apple Podcasts and follow us on spotify if you're feeling a little bit uneasy about your debt or just want to know more generally about the debt life head to the website it's no forward slash six 